This is a special presentation of episode two of my other podcast, the Major League Podcast. This started out as a podcast about essentially the rules of baseball. We're trying to gear it towards a international audience that might not be as familiar with the rules of baseball um, because it came to my attention that there were a lot of people internationally who were fans of my podcast or aware of my podcast that might not um, know a lot about the ins and outs of the American baseball culture. And, and you know, a lot of people or, or some people are confused, shall we say, about the lack of promotion relegation in North American sports and in baseball in particular. And also, you know, being as baseball is is unusual as sports go, we wanted to talk, I guess, in general terms about the uh, the structure and rules of the game and such. And and I hope that you think we did a, uh, a good enough job of this. And um, again, if, if you're not here for... If you come to my podcast for interviews and and uh, uh, deep dive history, this uh, this isn't for you. This is for my uh, essentially a cross promotion of my other podcast. Uh, but I love and adore baseball, and and um, anyway, so I wanted to talk about it on my feed. Um, if you do like baseball as well, because you know everybody has other interests um you're more than welcome to follow me for uh this you know podcast called the major league podcast um anyway i uh, hope you enjoy and i'll talk to you later and as always i'm having a good day and i hope you are too okay bye-bye so, all right oh we're going yeah all right <laughs> Hello so, and welcome to episode two of the Major League Podcast. I'm your host, John Dolly, along with my other host, uh, Ben Kitchings. Ben, say hello. Hello, how are you? I am doing just wonderful today. And, you know, it seems like it's been a longer than a week since we've last been here. But, you know, uh, we are back here talking more baseball. And today I thought since... We might have an international audience out there who doesn't really know much about the sport of baseball um, that we'd spend this episode just going over some of the basics, uh, basic terminology, the basic rules of the game, the positions, and just how baseball works and what makes it unique from uh, so many other sports. And maybe at a later date, we'll go over the history of baseball. But right now, let's just go over the uh, the basics, ins and outs of a game. So, Ben, uh, in the simplest way you can describe it, how is the game of baseball played? The game of baseball is played with a bat. Or a, oh, I'm sorry. That that's that's a little okay. There's a a club. 
uh, in the prose, it's it's wood. Uh, I believe it's ash. By rule, I, I, I think believe ash, so. I think it is ash. Yeah. Or maple. I think they expanded it to maple. But uh, by rule, it used to be ash. Um. Anyway, so you 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 have a club and you're standing. Uh to the side of a disc that we call home plate. And then you run to your right, right? Correct? Yes. And you that's first base, and then that's 90 feet away. Right. Okay? And then 90 feet from first is second, and then third, and then when you cross third and come back to home, that is what we call a run. Right. Now, the player that pitches the ball to the basically to the batter who's standing at home plate is called a pitcher. Um, and fun fact, there's more pitchers in the Hall of Fame than there is any other single position, I'm pretty sure. That's still true. Um, so, I just, uh, not to, not to um, but I just found, just looked this up. The 75 to 80% of all bats in major leagues are maple. Okay. I guess I'm so old that they used to be ash. And birch are the three types of wood that are used to make bats. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go at your say. Sorry. All right. So basically, the objective, of course, is to cross home plate and score runs. Mm -hmm. And you have nine innings in a regular in a regular game, Mm -hmm. and you have three outs in an inning. Mm -hmm. And if you're tagged out, or you're they catch the ball in flight, uh, or they strike out, that's an out. Which um, we will go into a little bit more detail about about strike about those and uh, strikeouts and how they how they work. So, uh, it'll yeah. Bit, but go ahead. Um. Okay. So there, I did a paper uh, on the history of baseball, mm-hmm. and there's there's quite a lot of debate as to whether or not. Uh, did baseball come from cricket rounders or yeah. town ball or what? Yeah. How, how did we arrive at baseball? Right. And also when was baseball arrived at? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think maybe that's something that we hold off for a little bit. That, because, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, Cause <laughs> I think right now we were just going to do a, a basic like idea okay. of like, who the, what the different positions are, how they work, um, and maybe even some of the little idiosyncrasies of of baseball that makes it different from other from other sports. Like like you said, it's ninety feet from home plate to first base, and then ninety feet for each each the way around. So in a roughly diamond shape, that's why they call the infield the diamond because if you right. look at how it's set up, it's roughly in a diamond shape. There is no set parameters for the outfield though which is different from any other sport like if you look at a a football field it doesn't matter whether it's high school college or nfl 
it's going to be the same dimensions. Same with the basketball court. Same with, you know, most other sports are all going to be the same dimensions. The field of play in a, in a major league baseball field, especially the outfield, particularly the outfield, can vary widely uh, as far as how deep it is. So, like, you know, at Wrigley Field, it's one thing, but at Fenway Park, it's something completely different. So, And in the olden days, in the way olden days, mm-hmm. um, you, you had, like, the Giants Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think they were... 550 feet or, or 600 feet to center field. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. really far. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so essentially, um, there's nine people aside. Uh, right. Theoretically, there's nine people aside. Uh, Major League rosters, I think, now have... Um, Okay, here's the di- okay. This is a difference, but first I'm gonna say this: Major League rosters have, I think, twenty-five man rosters or twenty-six man rosters. Yeah, I think so. Um, now, unlike unlike say, so baseball is primarily a constructed as a North American sport. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, there's no pyramid. There's no um, promotion relegation, right? Um, at least not in the United States and Canada. Um, which you know, um, and some so some um, I guess international folks uh, see that as you're rigging the competition, right? Because you're you're blocking. Uh, so you're blocking certain teams from playing the World Series because they're not in the league, right? They can't be promoted into the league. Well, I would say to that that uh, the analogy would be like the the March Madness for, for college basketball where the competition is the league, right? to enter into the competition is in fact the league baseball, um, North American sports are not like that. And the reason historically that that was the case was is that America, the United States is a, is a huge country. Um, the United States is, uh, I found out last night, uh, I I think, uh, either slightly smaller than Indonesia, in terms of land area or slightly bigger, depending on where you position Indonesia yeah. on that map. Yeah. And how you choose to do that. Right. Um the American people are there's vast stretches of land in this country that have almost no people at all. Okay. So if you're talking about major cities, they tend to be pretty far apart. Yeah. Right? Once you get out of the Northeast. Yeah. Okay. Once you get out of the Northeast, the major cities are fairly far apart. So it's, it's okay. For example, I have, um, 
the largest, um, or not largest, I have the oldest professional baseball team, or one of the oldest professional baseball teams in the world is literally up the road from me. Okay. I, um, it gets almost no people. Okay. Um, the county, um, and they even publicly say this, that the county messed up when they, when they put the stadium where they did. Uh, they put it away from the people. They put it in an area where you're not going to get many people traveling from other parts of the city. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And there's nothing really there. You could go hang out at the appliance store, right, after the game. You right. can go get yourself a dryer. Um, and now lately there's a couple bars around there, but it's nothing huge. But it has such a low attendance that they don't even bother to chart it. I found that I found that amazing. Like the attendance for for the Gwinnett Stripers is so low that they don't even bother to chart it on the on the minor league baseball attendance chart. It's pretty low. Now, having said that, and this is why promotion relegation would not work in this in this nation. Having said that, the Braves uh, look at the minor league, look at the AAA team uh, as a priority. Okay. Yeah. So the minor league team is actually pretty good. Despite the fact that you could go there, and no kidding, you could go there and have 200 people in the stands. Wow. Right? And that's on a good day. That's on a... I've literally been there where it was like me and my dad. It was me and my dad and some umpire. And some... Like, I got into this fascinating conversation with a scout, okay, that lasted the whole game about where baseball's going and what baseball's up to and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Right? Right. And we were literally like one of, or two of like maybe a hundred people in the whole thing. Yeah. So. Wow. So this is why you can't have promotion relegation. Okay? (laughs) Because you would promote this team and then nobody would go to it. Okay. Uh, uh, so, where are we? Okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry, people. Um, so, we've established the, like, some of the idiosyncrasies. I think one of the other idiosyncrasies, and something that's very hard to explain, is the strike zone. And, because it is really, in many ways, an, it's it's an arbitrary line. It is dependent on, in many ways, the whims of the umpire. Like, yes, there's a general idea, uh, and this is usually where you get the most arguments between players and the umpires, is when an umpire, in their eyes, might change their strike zone. Um 
you know, as long as, you know, it seems to be as long as the umpire keeps a steady strike zone and like every pitch that is in an area is a strike, then you're not going to see any, any issues. But if it seems like he's calling strikes, calling strikes, and then suddenly a pitch is a ball or a pitch is a ball and now it's a strike, then you're going to start to see a little, you know, um, argument there. But generally speaking, it is across the plate and it is usually about at the letters of the, the uniform that the player is wearing. Wouldn't you well, say you can have, I think it's letters to belt buckle. Yeah. Letters to belt buckle. Yeah. I but again, letters... you have different, you know, you have a player who's taller, a player shorter, that, that range can vary. Was it, I'm thinking, I think it was knees to belt buckle. But generally, they don't call the knees. Yeah. And I, I think I think we should say to our international crowd, because this is for you, this would be like if offsides in what you call football, uh, which is what we call soccer, um, yeah. this would be like if offsides were totally subjective. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah. what if... It was completely subjective how the referee could decide whether or not that ball actually got into the net, you know, yeah, on side basically. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good that's good anal- that's a good analogy. Or to use um, an American football analogy, what if ten yards wasn't always ten yards? I think a better analogy would be of um, what if a a call of rush roughing the passer was subjective to whatever the umpire felt was unnecessary roughness. You know, something, okay, something like that. You know, it was, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Um. So, but generally speaking. The, the strike zone is is across the plate and in that general area. So if well, a ball is, it, yeah, if a ball and there is was that area, yeah, there was that school of thought for years uh, with with Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. Uh, being a Braves fan, I'm going to say this is a good thing, and John's going to say it's a bad thing. <laughs> that the school of thought was that you could set your mitt. So your catcher's mitt just a bit outside the strike zone. Mm-hmm. But because the catcher could hit that mitt repeat because I mean the pitcher could hit that mitt repeatedly, time in and time out over and over again, that was called a strike. Yeah, yeah. Well and I think, I think... So... Oh, go ahead. At some point, my recollection as a Braves fan is at some point in the latter stages of their Braves tenure, it was as though Major League Baseball itself decided that was not a strike anymore. Mm. <laughs> you know, like they would keep doing it and then co- keep calling it a ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we've gone over... Basic, uh, well, let's go with the positions now, the defensive positions. So, 
the the two main defensive positions in a baseball game are the pitcher, which is the guy who throws the ball, and the catcher, who stands behind home plate and behind the batter. Um, and that is referred to in baseball terminology as the battery. Uh, the pitcher will throw the ball across home plate in the attempt to strike out the batter or get the batter to hit the ball in a way that will cause him to pop up or ground the ball so that the runner can then tag the base and get that runner out. Um, And to do so, he has, most pitchers have a battery of pitches that they use to throw um, across. So start with the basic pitch, the fastball. Simple. The fast, okay. Yeah, you want to take the direct. fastball or should I? Uh, I can, I'll take the fastball. Fastball okay. is, it's really, it's the simplest pitch to throw. It's direct. It's just what its name says. It's fast. Uh, it can be up to, in many cases, up to past 100 miles an hour, which is why anybody who says that baseball looks like it's an easy sport, uh, try hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball. It is one of the hardest things to do in base in sports because you have a split second to make that decision whether or not you're going to swing or not. And that split second can decide whether you miss or you connect. It's just like that and boom, ball is in the mitt. Um, I mean, would you agree that hitting a fastball is probably one of the hardest things to do in baseball? Or I would say I would say so. Um, yeah. I don't think it's the hardest thing to do in sports. I it's but one, it, I think it's one of as far as timing goes, like the the amount of time that it takes from the ball to leave the pitcher's mount, the pitcher's hand till it crosses home plate. It's like what a second well, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean that, that. As far as that goes, that's yeah. No, no kidding. That's that's a hard. Oh yeah, that a is, hard thing to do. Very hard, very hard. Yeah, but sure. Um, I mean, then you have so you have the curveball, right? Which basically, except in a few cases, it's a slower pitch than a fastball. Mm-hmm. And the uh. Oh god, what's the another word for the plane of the pitch? So so um, imagine a slow pitch that drops. Yeah. In a curving th- thing or yeah. um maybe perhaps it sweeps from right. side yeah. to side. And we'll put uh diagrams and pictures up of everything we're talking about cuz I know a lot of this is you know, it's going to be, it has to be more visual. So we'll put up pictures yeah. of like a baseball field, how a baseball field is set up and then kind of uh slow, maybe some slow motion video of a curveball of these different type of pitches and some diagrams. So you can get a better understanding of exactly how they work and why they work. Cause a lot of it has to do with how the pitcher holds the ball. Um, Cause there's even different types of fastballs. There's a four finger, there's a, a, a split finger, there's four finger, uh, there's two finger fastball, there, you know, three, you know, there's different types of fast of even fastballs. 
So all depends so the, on how you hold the ball. So the, so the split finger fastball or the four finger fastball uh, tends to be harder. Yeah. They tend to be um, just as fast, but they're heavier. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. really, really popular in the major leagues to throw. Yeah. Is um, uh, a heavy fastball. Yeah. Um, and that actually was one of the innovations, I would say, in the last, oh, what, 20, what year is this? Uh, 30 years. Has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> so one of the innovations in the last 30 years was to teach more and more people how to throw the heavy fastball. Yeah. Um, because like, if you look at like, so some of these pictures, let me try and think of somebody, um, back in the day, there used to be, you could throw a fast, like the, the, you had these pitchers that would throw a fastball, but the fastball was really light. Yeah. You know, it was fast, but it was light. Mm-hmm. So they would, if, if they hit the fastball, you know, it would it would turn around really fast and yeah. go the other way really really fast and really really yeah. high uh, yeah and the famous uh walter alston the famous uh um you know the famous dodger manager mm-hmm. used to say uh you know if they can't if they can't hit the fastball uh the, if the bat is sl- slow that's it. If the bat is slow, don't speed it up for them. Right? Exactly. Meaning, yeah. Yeah. Don't throw the fastball yeah. to a slow hitter. <laughs> well, and then on the opposite side of the fastball, you have what's called the changeup, uh, which the idea behind the changeup is if you've been throwing, because hitting, hitting the ball is all about timing, getting your timing right. So if you're throwing 95, 95, 90 and then suddenly you come in with the 70 that the idea of that is to mess up the batter's timing so he's expecting a ball that's going to come at him at at a certain speed of a super fast and suddenly you're slowing it down by 10 15 sometimes even 20 miles per hour you know and that drop in there gets that gets the timing off and a lot of times that is usually what you'll see with a pitcher is they'll throw fastball 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 Boom, change up. He's out. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, if, if you think about, so the major league scouts like to see a big difference. Okay. They either like to see a big difference in the speed, in the pitch speeds. Yeah. Or they like to see um, some sort of delivery that's uh, very deceiving or like, oh, what yeah. was the guy's name? Um um, Mario, Mariano Rivera had that yeah. had that cutter that was unhittable. It was literally you couldn't hit it. Yeah, and then you have some, um, and I can't think of his name. He was the uh, he was the closer for the Yankees for years. Uh, uh this year, are you no, talking about way way back, way back? Like, uh, like early 2000s, late 90s. Okay, so I think, okay, so Mariano Rivera quit pitching 
Uh, I don't remember exactly, but but who was the guy before him? Because the guy before him, John Wetland. John Wetland had this fastball that was insane. <laughs> yeah. Like he had a cannon for an arm. You know? Um, but you look at, um, uh, Goose Gossage, the closer that had the knuckleball, <laughs> which imagine yeah, the closer. Another, let's talk. Uh, yeah, it was Mariano Rivera. Okay. Anyway. Um, well, let's talk about the knuckleball because that's the other thing is there are some, while you have your basic pictures, like the the fastball the curveball um the like we said the changeup you also have some you know outlier pitchers like the knuckleball um which in a way is a changeup but just at a much slower speed um and it's also erratic i mean the, the it's, speed, yeah it's erratic uh the path you, of a knuckleball yeah and there's no really way to control a knuckleball or um, you know, even to just determine where it's going to go, it just goes where it's going to go. Most pitches you can kind of control. The pitcher can control where it's going to land with the knuckleball. It's just like you know, throw it in it's there mo- and it's moving forward. <laughs> yeah, about it. it's moving forward. And then, of course, you have my favorite of the uh, changeups, changeups, and one of the most unusual pitches of all time, the Ephus. Uh, sometimes can go as low as 50 miles per hour, if that. And it's just basically lobbed up into home plate. Um, just kind of... But again, it's the same premise as the changeup is to throw the timing off. Uh, and also optical illusion. A lot of these pitches, you know, in many ways work on optical illusion. The curveball works on optical illusion. The cutter, the slider, the knuckle, the ephus... They all work on the optical illusion of you think the ball is going to be in one place and then it's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And to be fair, I mean, the Ephus pitch, um, that was more early days of baseball, right? Yeah. You you don't see people. Occasionally, usually you'll see a pitch that is similar to an Ephus or of that speed. If you have the rare, the rare time where you have a position player pitching in a, in a game, uh, in I other mean, words, someone who's not not a pitcher that is pitching in a game just because they don't have they yeah. may not have the velocity and the ability to throw, so they're going to throw unusual pitches, you know, in an attempt to get something or to get a person out. Um, Randy Johnson, um, Randy Johnson was Seattle. Yeah. Um, you couldn't throw an EFIS pitch in, in, uh, Yankee stadium and, and, and live to tell about it. Right. (laughs) But, uh, Randy Johnson in Seattle was the last. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me run through this. Uh, Randy Johnson. Pitch for uh, Seattle. Uh, pitch for Montreal. 
He pitched for Seattle for years. He pitched for the Astros and then the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And then the Yankees. And I think he went back to the Mariners for one more year. I think that's right. I'm uh, not let's sure. See. Let me see. I should get his stats. Uh, no, he was um, Expos, Mariners, Astros, Diamondbacks, Yankees. Went back to the Diamondbacks and in his career with the Giants. Okay, so when okay, so what I was gonna say was, and I don't know if this is still true, but Randy Johnson was the first pitcher in a while, and the last pitcher, uh, maybe to this day, that would use the EFIS pitch on the regular, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't use it like regularly. He would use it because. Uh, Randy Johnson had a very fast fastball, okay? 102 miles per hour, which, uh, or 165 kilometers for those of your internet, international. Uh, Randy Johnson had, and what, what we need to convey to you is that speaking now as somebody whose teams played against Randy Johnson, yeah. um, whose team played against Randy Johnson in several stops, Randy Johnson could fire off a fastball at will. At 102 yes. miles an hour. Yeah. Just all the time. And so what he would do, to keep you honest, is he would throw... Uh, he would literally take a pitch and, and take a ball and throw it off the back of his hand. Somehow balance this ball on the back of his hand and sort of thrust it forward. Yeah. Uh, so he had a... Um... A three quarters delivery with nearly sidearm. So he would kind of sidearm it um, as he threw, which that's a different thing. You'll notice that also a lot to do with the pitchers is how they deliver the delivery, you know, how they throw the ball. Does yeah. it throw over, you know, does it straight overhand? Is it sidearm? Um, and then you have pitchers that do the, you know, what are called the submarine pitchers. Or they kind of use their throw their arm like a whip almost and whip it to the side, uh, which causes the ball to just like like the name suggests, the ball to be up and then drop down. So yeah. you have different varying types of deliveries and stuff like that. So if you think of uh, Felix, um, oh King Felix, but I can't remember his, yeah. his last name right now, but. But King Felix, when he came up with the Mariners, he had this delivery that was crazy. Yeah. And because of that crazy delivery, he won a lot of games in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But then his arm blew out. Which is a something that you see a lot with pitchers, especially with relief pitchers, especially with closers. Because closers usually seem to have, starters usually seem to have a wide variety of different pitches that they can that they can go go from. So they could have a fastball. They might have a cutter, a slider. You know, maybe three or four pitches. Whereas closers tend to have one to two pitches. A lot of times it's a fastball, um, and it's usually a very fast, 
fastball over you know, 100 mile an hour and they throw that regularly so because they throw that regularly their arm tends to go out a lot quicker than a starting pitcher um, because I think it's because they're called on more you know a starting pitcher will pitch once every maybe three or four four or five games depending on how many people are in the rotation whereas a closer might be you could pitch three, you could be uh, three games in a row. You could be you know I'll I'll be you're pitching maybe one or two innings in that time, but still you're throwing that over and over and over again, that hundred mile an hour fastball over and over and over and over and over again, and eventually that's just going to wear your arm out. Yeah, yeah, and and they say um, let me remember. Um, the position players come from the south. Mm-hmm. The good position players come from the south, and the good pitchers, as a rule, come from the north. And that has to do yeah. with the fact that there's fewer innings in those arms by the time they get to the major leagues. Yeah. So there's less damage. Yeah. Um, But then again, you look at people like Kevin Brown. Okay, so look at people like Kevin Brown. Look at people like... You know, um, let me think. Um, so Kevin Brown, Mitch Williams, um, Tug McGraw, uh, down through the ages. So there's exceptions. There's exceptions to that rule for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Craig Kimbrell set the world on fire from a community college in Alabama. So I yeah. think one thing that sets, and we've we've kind of talked we've kind of talked about a little bit about the minor leagues. I think that is another thing that sets baseball, professional baseball in America, apart from a lot of other sports, is the farm system. Uh, I know hockey kind of has the farm system uh, a little bit, um, but I don't know. I think that's the closest that, that in American sports that there is to what baseball has with the minor league. So, well, hockey's farm system, I, believe it or not, I'm quite the hockey fan. Yeah, me, me um, too. <laughs> being as I'm from the South, you would think I wouldn't be, but I am. Hockey's farm system is entirely different because yeah. the AHL and the NHL and the IHL, the IHL doesn't exist anymore. Um, well, first of all, um, in the beginning days of the IHL, and I forget now when the IHL started, but in the beginning days of it, it was like, it was literally set up as a, almost a direct competitor with the National Hockey League. Yeah. And it, it was, for a while there, it was literally within, it was it was open to debate as to who would actually win out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this, this is a baseball podcast, so, but I, you know, um, yeah. but the AHL is, I think, I think the AHL is older than the NHL. And I, um, I, 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 that'd be something I have to, I know here we have the, uh, I think uh, that's right. SPHL. Uh, the Southern for Southern Professional Hockey League, which actually has a team down in uh, Georgia and Macon. 
Macon, Georgia. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but now in most sports, most professional sports, when you are drafted, you're going to most likely, especially if you're drafted high, you're going to go directly to the pros. You're going to go, like if you're drafted in the NFL, like we just had the NFL draft, uh, most likely those players that are in, in that draft are going to be, especially the top players, are going to be playing in the NFL this year. That's not true in the baseball. You go through the minors. And the other thing I like that's interesting about the minors is if you have a player in the major who is coming off injury, a lot of times they'll go through the minors. Again, they'll they'll do rehab, they'll throw a few games in the minor leagues. You would never see that in the NBA or the NFL where you have a lower league, a lower tier league that when a player comes back from injury, you're not going to see, you know, let's say Aaron Rodgers gets injured. You know, you're not going to be seeing playing arena league football for a couple of games while he's, you know, rehabbing his arm. That's just not going to happen. But you could see a professional baseball player, maybe even sometimes an all-star playing in a triple A team. Um, so, well, I think, and you know, we're boneheads. We forgot to say the most, one of the biggest features of baseball. Right. Baseball happens every day. During exactly. baseball season, baseball is going on every day. So it's not like, games. right. So, and that's important, right? That it's not like you have time to rest <laughs> if no. you're injured. Right? Right. It's, uh, it's so a marathon. It is. And marathon. unfortunately, um, and you know, I'm not talking out of school here. You can literally look it up. They Baseball used to have Coke in it. Uh, used oh, yeah. to have uppers in it. Um, you know, and that's to get people up for these yeah. games. Yeah. And I mean, no. that's something we can, I think that's a good top, another good topic we can hit on uh, for a whole episode is the, the dark side of baseball. Um, you know, these kind of, you know, stuff like you just said, you know, the drugs, the, the, you know, some of the, some of the scandals that have, have gone through, but that's for another topic. But so just an overview of how the minor league system is set up. So you have, uh, you have different tiers. So you have low A, and I think they, in fact, I think they just changed the minor league tier. So let me look that up for a second. So you have, you have uh, low A, high A, or A plus, double A, and triple A is how how they're set up so a low a team is you know the, the first stop you know if if you're if you sign to a baseball team and you're just out of high school and especially i think if you're probably like a a lower pick in the draft you know um you're probably going to go low low a and this is another thing that separates is you'll have a lot of times 
baseball from other sports is you'll have a lot of times where you'll have a player that is drafted that won't go, that will say, eh, I'm going to go to college instead. Um, and then, you know, hope that they can, uh, especially you'll see that a lot if you have a player that's, say, say drafted in the 10th round of, of, the, of the major league draft coming out of high school. And they say, they might say to themselves, you know what, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to see if I can improve and move myself up in the draft. Um, you, you, you don't really see, you can't really see that in, in baseball or in basketball or, or football or other sports where a player gets drafted and decides, yeah, I'm going to, you know, you know, usually if they're drafted, they go straight to the pros, like I said before. So, yeah. Um, but you have low A, uh, then, then, you know, it used to be single A, double A, you know, on and so on. Um, and I would, I would really encourage anybody out there who has a minor league team nearby to go to a minor league game, a game because it's so much fun. Um, one of the down in Colorado Springs, we had the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, which were the AAA team for the Rockies. And you're a lot closer to the game, even at the AAA, team, AAA teams, which you know, are just below the majors. And you're going to see players there that are, um, you know, ready to, you know, you might see in the majors, you know, you might see some future Hall of Famers. Um, in fact, oh, so, uh, if you have anything, yeah, if you have anything to interject, you know, go, go right ahead. Well, what I was going to say was um, uh, something important to understand because there is no pyramid system with promotion and relegation like there's a pyramid system. Uh, the minor leagues were deliberately set up as an instructional situation yes. by the major league teams. Um and this was done by uh, Branch Rickey, um, who was the GM of the St. Louis Cardinals at the time when he did it. Uh, this is, of course, before he became the GM of the Brooklyn Dodgers. And Right, exactly. Um, I would also say that... Um, I would say that one of the big features of baseball is that because it's a marathon and not a sprint. So because you have 162 games, there's basically a game every day. Um, okay. Um, you have injuries play a key role. Like, and nagging little injuries can play a key role. Right? Or... You can have like um you can't have this as much now, but it used to be so we haven't even even talked about the steroid scandal. Right. Um, which was they were juicing the, they were using steroids and hitting monster home runs. So right. there was a situation that happened in the courts, or I forget. But essentially, that changed baseball for a while. 
So you had these minor league, you had these franchises which had these players which were suddenly higher rate, more highly rated than they should have been or would have been normally. And for a little while, anyway, that changed the game to a more speed game. Yeah. Where now I, I feel like it's much more we've, um, like, you know, there's a lot of home runs. There's a lot of the power double. But there's not a lot of the worm. There's not a lot of these doubles that hit skim over the grass. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and that's something else. Uh, baseball is... Played traditionally on grass, but um, they also play it on artificial turf, um, which I believe was a product started in Houston for the Astrodome, which is why it was called AstroTurf. Um, but basically, um. I I wanted to do this podcast because I had encountered people from other countries that had no idea about the, uh, they thought baseball, why isn't baseball promotion relegation? Um, The reason why is because our country is too big. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you couldn't have, and, and also... I mean, up until very recently, America was very much a mobile society, right? So you could be born in Baltimore and end up dying in in Seattle, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's not like in Britain where you've got families that have been in the same village for hundreds of years. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, so I think you know, I think we've kind of hit on quite a bit of topics today, and I think we, in a roundabout way, have really you know gone over the basics of baseball, some of the idiosyncrasies, and there is a lot of idiosyncrasies. There's a lot of unwritten rules. Um. <laughs> A lot of just, you know, like any sport, there there are there are your basic rules, and there are situational rules. There are well, if this happens, then this hap- then this has to happen, type of a thing. Um, but you know, basically, it boils down to a pitcher throws the ball, the batter with the club or the bat, as it refers to, tries to hit the ball. And then run around the bases. Um, yeah, it's 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 that simple, but it's also so much more complicated in many many ways. Um, and as we go through this podcast, you know, we hope to kind of shed some more light on some of those little idiosyncrasies and some of those little nuances of baseball uh, as we kind of dive deeper into it so all right yeah uh and by the way i was just looking up uh because i mentioned the team i used to watch 
uh, out in Colorado Springs, the Sky Sox. So some of their alumni, so this gives you an idea of, you know, you know, who you who you might see. So I watched got I watched Todd Helton play in the minor leagues. Uh, he went on to be um, go on to to great things. Also saw guys like uh, Vinny Castilla, uh, Matt Holiday played for Colorado Springs, Albert Bell, Nolan Ariando, though I never got to see him. Uh, Jim Tomei. So some pretty big names in baseball you might see if you go to a minor league game. Uh, and you never know. I mean, that's the thing, you know, when I w- watched, you know, a guy like Todd Helton, I had no idea that he would be a... Hall of Famer Todd Helton. <laughs> top, yeah. Hall of, Hall of Famer Todd Helton. Yeah. Yeah. I used to know Ryan Quesco's landlady. Wow. Yeah. And, and, uh, she, she, I didn't know her in Richmond, but she was, uh, in Richmond and then she moved, but yeah. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next week we hope to have the full crew here, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. and we will continue our look into the world of baseball. And uh, I think till next week, we will take a trip around the country to kind of look at the different, uh, the major league teams, where they're at, and maybe a little bit of some of the history of some of those teams, particularly some of the more storied franchises of baseball. Okay. So we hope to see you all here. <laughs> next week so obviously we're going to start with the uh the storied uh marlins yes the, <laughs> the storied storied marlins uh i'm kidding yes. I, I, I i do well, know okay. not not to go off on a tangent but that is the other thing is how quickly in baseball you can have a team that has history and has moments you know the marlins a team that Founded in 1997, two-time World Series champion. 93. Right? 93. That's right, 93. Because they, they found oh, the year. Was it 93 through. or 92? Oh, I don't know. Is oh. he saying the Rockies came in the same year? Because of the okay. Rockies and the Marlins. Um, Hold on. We're, I'm, I'm Googling. God bless Google. Okay. All right. The Marlins were founded in 1993. Okay. All right. The Marlins have uh, two World Series. Two World Series, yes. Yep. And I personally miss the old Marlins uniform. I love the, the teal. I'm not a fan, not really a fan of the new uniforms, but that's just me. I, I, okay. I know three or four different people that are diehard Marlins fans. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, interestingly and fascinatingly, none of them live in the, the Miami area or South Florida, which they used to. Yeah. And they rooted for the Marlins when they were there, but they don't currently live there now. Right. Right. That's fascinating in itself. Uh, but, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I do not exaggerate when I say to you that I've actually seen a Marlins game on my television that had literally no paying customers in the stands. Yes. And that's yeah, another thing like, we can talk about later wow. on is why certain markets tend not to bring in fans into the stands, I, you know, especially Florida. Uh, you look at like the Marlins or Tampa Bay, and even though these are especially with Tampa Bay, is a successful team as far as on the field. They win games, but they don't bring in the fans, at least not into, not to, now, albeit Tropicana Field is usually on the bottom list as far as stadiums to go to. It's not a good stadium, but it seems like Florida, you know, Florida especially, just does not bring in those type of fans. And I think that's something we, we need to do a whole show on is why some markets are good with baseball and why some markets don't seem to work. Well, I mean, I, okay. I would have had an entire ready, ready aim fire take or whatever on what was going on with Tampa. Yeah. And then, which everybody who knows anything probably would have would have agreed with. And then the Lightning got a good the hockey team the Lightning got a good and B heavily attended. Right. So now I don't have a take. I mean but- is are this now? Here's what I've heard before, and this is kind of going off on a tangent. But since we're going here, let's just go. I've heard now is is the arena where Tampa Bay plays in the same area that um, where the Rays play, where the Lightning play. Or is that the same part of Tampa? I I don't think so. No, I. So I think that is the issue. That's what I've heard is the issue because I've heard before people have said that. If you look at TV ratings and you know when when the Rays are playing, the TV ratings are actually high. People watch the game, but they don't go to the game because the game is out of town. the The team doesn't actually play in Tampa Bay; they play in St. Petersburg. And they said to get there, it's like two lane traffic, and it's usually back to back, bumper to bumper even on the best day, even when there's no game going on. So people tend to just decide. I'm not going to fight traffic. I'm just going to stay home and watch the okay. game instead of instead of doing that. So that is one uh, of the excuses that people will say why race games aren't heavily attended is because it's out of town, it's hard to get to, and it's just easier to stay home and listen to the game or watch the game. All right, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a, a wrench into that. Okay. okay. All right. Different city, different sport. Um, Atlanta, 
Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Atlanta, the soccer team. Okay. There's a multi-purpose building in Atlanta. Right. Called the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Okay. Okay. Or the Mercedes-Benz Stadium or whatever. Mercedes-Benz is in the title. Right. Okay. There are three... There are... Okay. There are three events that happen in that building Mm -hmm. um, of comparable stature. Right. You have... You have uh, the Falcons football, mm-hmm. uh, American football. You have the Atlanta United soccer, and you have the SEC championship. Yeah. Somebody pointed out it was some reporter or some. It wasn't um, sports media. It was a it was a in town reporter with the paper or something that pointed out that one of the years the United existed and the Falcons were playing, there were actually more paying customers in the, the building per game for the soccer than for the football. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Now Atlanta's thought of as a football town. Right. Okay. And what's funny is like, you, you'll hear, People will pop out an excuse of, oh, oh, this is going on or that's going on. No. <laughs> Some places are just, you know. I think, I think, I, I think a lot of things with um, Tampa Bay Stadium, which the name just slipped, slipped my mind, is the fact Tropicana that Field. Is, Tropicana, the Trop, is that it is such just a I mean, you can just look, if you watch it, if you see a game there on TV, you can tell it's not a great stadium. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of it is, it's just not a good stadium. And I think a lot of, a lot of it has to, you know, wanting to go to a stadium and go multiple times, a lot of it has to do with this, it does have to do with aesthetics. You know, you want to, you want to get there, you want to be comfortable, you want to have a good time and watch, watch the game. Um, so... I think that has a lot to do with, and you know, there's so much more to do in Florida. No, especially you know Miami. You have the beach. You have Miami Beach. You have so much other things to do. Same thing with even Tampa. You have Bush Gardens. You have all you know other different things that are around there to do. That seeing a baseball game is low on the agenda for most people. I think. And also, I think, um, especially with Miami, uh, especially with the Marlins, other than those two years that the the World Series was going on, uh, yeah. the Marlins were terrible for years. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And also, I mean, baseball is passed down through the Y chromosome with yeah. your father or your grandfather. So... Well, and but 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 again, I'm going to throw a wrench. Is my especially in Miami has a heavily heavy Cuban population there, and so anybody, but and, and baseball is almost a religion in in Cuba. Um, so you think yeah, you but in a, a way, 
I could see where that would backfire. Mm. Hard. Yeah. Let me let me let me give you an example as to why. Okay. Or how. If you grew up playing baseball, right, right, where your kids are playing it, you're playing it, you played it as kids, but you also play it as adults, and and you talk about it, you know, you talk about pitch selection with your grandfather, or yeah. spin rate, or whatever, right? You get you get into it, right? You really really get into the nitty gritty, the details, the statistics, the Whatever, 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 over, over the, over the dinner table, over the breakfast table. You're going to know what bad looks like. Yeah. Yes. This is true. And you're not going to want to pay to see bad. That's the other thing. You're not going to want to pay to see bad. Yeah. Right. What was the, what was the line? Uh, somebody said like, um, the there the there were college teams better than the Marlins and they knew they were better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. ah. anyway, uh we kinda got off on a tangent, but um, we got off on a tangent. Anyway, it's okay, it's okay though. Uh so uh, before we sign off here, just want to uh, tell everyone, first of all, uh, go to the Facebook group. Um, we're going to put up, like I said, we're going to put up different pictures, different um, graphs and stuff like that to kind of give you an idea of everything we've talked about. Um, and also check out our Twitter page. It's uh, by the way, the the for um, the Facebook group, just type in the Major League Podcast. You should find it. Uh, the Twitter page is MLPod4, at MLPod4. Um, we're going to start putting stuff up there, too. So keep an eye out and uh, just hit us up there if you have any questions. Those are the two best places to get hit us up. Uh, do you have anything else to say, Ben, before we sign off for the day, for the night? Uh, yeah, I'd like to say that um, you can you can find me at my regular podcast, uh, thehistoryvoyager.com. And also you can interact with me at, uh, at Ben's Charlie on Twitter. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, and... Um, Anyway, um, thanks, and thanks, John. Yeah. And, uh, uh, also, um, since you plugged yours, you can also hear me every week starting this week on my other podcast, War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. If you are a Star Wars fan, check it out. Uh, you can hit me up on my Twitter, at JohnMarkTully1, because I am, of course, the number one John Mark Tully on Twitter. I always like to throw that out. Uh uh, those are the, right now. Those are the two places uh, that you can find me at. So, alrighty, and we're gonna. I'm gonna just hang on the line while I download this thing. All right, and here we go.